Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. When I was a boy, when I rode in my daddy's car, occasionally he would do something most dear. Every now and then I'd be sitting in the back, staring out the window or reading a book, and I would see his hand reaching behind the seat. And I would lean forward and take it, and we would squeeze each other's hand. No words, no looks, just a squeeze that would fill the heart. I remembered those moments when I held that hand as he received last rites. And I also remembered that moment the other day on I-55 driving in traffic when Henry screamed at me from the back seat of the car, Daddy, hold my hands! And I'm sure I tore something, because he's in a car seat, he's way back there. And I'm sure as I tried to drive and hold his hand at the same time, but I would not deny his request. These were expressions of love for love's sake. Not no expectations, no comment, just love. Let's put a, a pin in that sentiment a moment, and we'll get back to it, I promise. Because now I want to talk about some of the other ways that we humans treat one another. On Palm Sunday, just three weeks ago, I was struck while we read once again uh, the story of Christ's passion and death. Besides recounting the events of those terrible three days, the passion can be a fascinating study of how we relate to one another, how we humans can be in relationship with each other. Three examples. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when the temple authorities arrived to arrest Jesus, Luke reports that one of the apostles struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now let me get this straight. A person honored and privileged to serve God in the Holy of Holies, the center section of the temple in Jerusalem where God was believed to dwell, that person kept another person as his possession and treated him as chattel. That is fascinating. Second example. When Pilate sends Jesus to Herod, hoping that he would deal with this rabble-rouser in lieu of himself, the Gospel says that same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. There's nothing quite like mocking and torturing an innocent man that can bring people together. Fascinating. And third, while Jesus is being tortured, Peter, waiting outside the high priest's house, vehemently denies his savior and mentor and friend three times, finally and exasperatingly screaming, I do not know who you are talking about. After all they had been through. Fascinating. And in the midst of this, and so much more unaccountable and horrible behavior, stands Jesus Christ 
in contrast. This Jesus, as John so beautifully described him, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What, had, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And on that Good Friday, Jesus was true to John's word. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of fear and jealousy and downright intellectual and spiritual sloth, Jesus goes to the cross, and the darkness did not overcome him. On that cross, and subsequently through his resurrection, Jesus did many things. For one, he demonstrated that evil will never have the last word. Second, he gives us the gift of eternal life, no small gift. But third, he also showed us that we don't have to let the darkness overcome us. In a place full of similar bad behavior, our great temptation is to fall prey to the darkness, to get into the mix, to shout over those who are already shouting, but instead of dividing and conquering, we can love. Instead of fear, we can love. And that brings us to today's gospel, a barbecue on the beach. That sounds nice. And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, the man I will remind you, who angrily denied Jesus three times only a few days ago. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Our calling as followers of this Jesus is to love. And our calling is to love not only those things that are easy to love, but to love everything and everyone, even those things that are hard to love. It is easy to love puppies and football and cheese straws. But it's not so easy to love scorpions and IRS agents and gizzards. <laughs> I very easily love my wife and my children. But I am also called to love those I fear. I am called to love those who are different than me. I am called to love those who mock me. And I am called to love those whom I am tempted to hate. As William Faulkner once wrote in his essay, Mississippi, we don't love because we love despite, not for the virtues, but despite the faults. Or, to quote another great man of letters, the prophet Bert Bacharach, what the world needs now is love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. 
When I served a parish in Memphis, every 4th of April, I would go to the Lorraine Motel. And in a small park across from the balcony where Dr. King was martyred, I would say morning prayer. And I did not want to draw attention to myself, and I did not want to participate in the official commemorations of the day. I feel entirely unqualified to testify in that moment. But I wanted to pay my respects and to stand and witness to his life and to his message and to his death. And I was oft reminded of his letter from a Birmingham jail, a letter to his fellow clergy inquiring why they were not speaking out against the sin of prejudice and bigotry. In conclusion, he wrote, I hope this letter finds you strong in the faith. I hope that circumstances will soon make it possible for me to meet each of you, not as a civil rights leader, but as a fellow clergyman and a Christian brother. Let us all hope that the dark clouds of racial prejudice will soon pass away and the deep fog of misunderstanding will be lifted from our fear-drenched communities. And in some not-too-distant tomorrow, the radiant stars of love and brotherhood will shine over our great nation with all their scintillating beauty. Love can be shared in so many ways, from the hand of a child to the reconciliation of a brother. May the star of love, which Jesus showed us on the cross, proclaimed in his resurrection and invited Peter to share. May that same love shine in our hearts forever. Amen.